Hello, hello, kids, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my, my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. family. Sam Baxter. Hello, Pissy Miles. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, not a lot. I've got like the most exciting thing in my world right now is that the winter edition Red Bull is out and it's pomegranate. Oh, and it actually you tastes pretty my good. Question before I even ask it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pomegranate. Yeah, I, I know that you have always liked pomegranate. I remember when we were kids, you used to like be the person digging the seeds out of pomegranate. <laughs> What makes it wintry though? Are pomegranates like? They're usually something that like apparently they're like a Christmas thing. I've never. I am the most Christmassy person in the world, and I have never heard pomegranates. Christmas pomegranates. Christmas yeah. pomegranates. <laughs> no, These but are they my are. Christmas um, they are like at their best in the winter. Like you find them more in the grocery store. And aren't they like a tropical riper. thing? Um, I believe they are an Eastern thing. Eastern, possibly tropical Eastern, but Eastern where? Eastern like Asia? US? Where? Asia? Asia? I, why winter in Asia? That I don't know. No <laughs> it's always hot in Asia, isn't it? Does it snow in Asia? I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure in parts of it, it definitely it definitely snows in like Nepal. I don't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> Nepal is where like Mount Everest is. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. So it definitely snows there. Mount Everest is in Asia? Yes. I didn't know that. I thought it was somewhere in like Switzerland. No, you're thinking of like, I think the Matterhorn is in Switzerland. I didn't even know that existed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> these are all basically fictional places to me. I'm like, I'm like what are these small towns you've invented in, in somewhere in Western Europe, uh, which is nowhere near Asia? I... I have no, um, I'm going to apologize right off the bat. I'm like very thrown off by the <laughs> fact that I am not producing today. <laughs> so kids, welcome back to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. We are very excited to be back. I We have taken on a producer for the show, someone who is working on the sound engineering and all that while we're doing this, but I have been doing it for two and a half years and it is like blowing my mind that I'm not like staring at the computer right now while I'm talking to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what you look like when you talk. Yeah. Uh, well, at least the top half of my face because that's all you can see over the microphone. You know, it's so funny because when we do when we do like interviews, like our wonderful interview with the amazing Elvira Mistress of the Dark, uh, when we do interviews and we have like the video online, it's always funny because I'll be sitting there and then it looks like, um, it almost looks like a mystery science theater episode or something because <laughs> you'll see me like sitting there talking into a mic and then next to me there's just like a microphone windshield with hair. <laughs> <laughs> because Sam is a bit shorter than I am, but it, 
actually makes for a very entertaining interview <laughs> because people are always like, I can't see Sam. And then you're like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about recording the interviews because you're, you're just like my, you're like my little Muppet friend. <laughs> oh, Thank and you. speaking of, do you know what I watched last night? I do because I saw your Facebook post earlier. <laughs> I watched my favorite Christmas movie of all time. And yes, it's Christmas. You're welcome. The Jingle Bells are back. Um, I watched my favorite Christmas movie of all time, Muppet Family Christmas. It is the best movie. It is the most amazing movie. I was telling David when I was watching it that I really want um, one day when we have a house, because in our apartment building, because our our landlords are Nazis, uh, we're not allowed to have doormats outside of our apartment. So like you can't have a doormat in the hallway and they're like it's a fire hazard. I'm like what? bullshit. Somebody put out one <laughs> that said something. Uh, somebody Is it a combustible doormat? Like well, and I was like, like I was like I'm allowed to have like curtains and thing like I don't understand. <laughs> but I don't understand why that's considered a fire hazard and I guess they don't They're, want anyone to trip on them and sue them. That's 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 all that. that I don't is. even think it's that. I think it's that. I live in a building with a lot of geriatric people, and if they, for some reason, saw something that was offensive, like we're not allowed to put wreaths on our doors for the same reason. We're not allowed to put like anything. Like you can't put a sign that says like "Merry Christmas" mm-hmm. or "Happy Hanukkah" on yeah. your door. And I think it's for the reason that like. They just don't want to hear anybody being like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah, no matter what it is, whether it's like a doormat or a, a Christmas sign or a Hanukkah sign or, a, a, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Although I have a hard time believing that anyone would really be that crazy about it. Although there's the other part of me that sits there and goes, well, they probably didn't think of this out of nowhere. So. <laughs> I don't know. No, but you know that there's like a Trump 2024 doormat out there someplace. That I mean, someone you know what? Up. If they said you're not allowed to put political, political signs yeah. on your door or in or whatever, I'd be like, fine, that's absolutely reasonable. Mm-hmm. But to tell me that I can't have like a snowman uh, doormat is like kind of stupid. Or if somebody wanted to put a Hanukkah whatever decoration on, on a menorah, their door. Perhaps. Well, I don't think you put a menorah on a door. Well, no, but like... You don't leave it paper. outside. <laughs> no, the a menorah on the doormat. <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> but whatever. I'm saying like, whether it was a doormat or like some kind of decoration on the door, I, I, I think that's reasonable. Or anyone who was celebrating any holiday, it like literally wouldn't matter. I think they have the right to do that, especially considering what we're paying to live in this building. So... <laughs> I'm like, it just annoys me. But the point is, when I have a a private house one day, (laughs) I told David, I want to get a doormat that just says careful of the icy patch. (laughs) And and I don't want there to be any explanation. I want everyone to come over and be like, what icy patch? I don't understand. And (laughs) if, if you have ever seen a Muppet Family Christmas, then you get the joke but uh it made me i said to david i was like if there isn't a mat that says that i'm going to make one that says that (laughs) see i thought you were just gonna say that you were going to like make an icy patch in front of your front door that you were gonna like pour water 
in front oh, of your no, phone. Oh, no, I'm not. That, like, it freezes over. I'm not over. a terrorist. I, I'm, I'm a Christmas terrorist. <laughs> you're just... You just want to be accurate to your favorite movie. Yeah, basically. I'm, I'm screen accurate. My house is screen You're accurate. You're method actor. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? I know I ask you this every year and you never have one. <laughs> Has one. Have you been enlightened by the Christmas spirit yet this year? No, because it's November 7th. That's I'm Christmas. Not, I'm not there yet. You know what? I'm still on Halloween hangover. I'm fine with that. And listen, I like spooky. I, and Christmas is spooky. Yes, it can be. It is spooky. Ebenezer Scrooge is spooky. There, there literally is a song. There is a Christmas carol um, where the line is, uh, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's literally a, it, like, it's spooky. Yeah. Christmas is spooky. <laughs> I'm I'm saying it right now. Christmas is spooky. That's fine. Um, I... <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. This is this is what matters the most to me in the world. <laughs> is that um, Christmas is spooky? Is that Christmas is spooky? And I can justify it being on my spooky podcast. <laughs> I I I am already in the Christmas spirit. I was singing Christmas carols before Halloween. If I'm being honest, I know. And, and that's just me. That's just my life. That's Do you okay. ever get like in the Christmas mood? Not really. I, I I know that we've talked about this before, but like I I don't particularly have the Christmas spirit, even like on Christmas. So so like I I think it's just it's the end of the year. Like my birthday is shortly after that, and I hate my birthday. So I think it might even be like just ramping up toward that. But, like, I don't know. It's not that I dislike Christmas. I just don't. I'm not one of those people who looks forward to Christmas all year long. Like, it's it's a cool thing that happens. And that's fair. I will say I personally have a worse, like, Christmas hangover than a, than a Halloween hangover. Like, by the time Halloween is done, I'm usually like, okay, I'm pretty okay with this being done now. Mm-hmm. I've had my... I've had my spookiness and my creepiness. Although I will say one thing that did piss me off mm-hmm. yesterday after we were done recording, and that's a whole other story as to why we're recording on two separate days this week. But <laughs> yesterday when we were done recording, I was like, you know, I'm really in the mood for pumpkin ravioli. And so I went down to ShopRite and I was like, of course they didn't have any. So I was yeah. like, whatever. I know this is kind of a specialized thing, but you know who always does have it is Trader Joe's. Yeah. So I went to Trader Joe's and we are a week as of today from Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. There was no pumpkin ravioli, like not even stocked. Damn. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> I know that I'm a crazy person who celebrates Christmas in the fall, but it is the fall. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? And on top of it, pumpkin is a Christmas food. I agree. I, th- I think pumpkin should stick around pretty much from September to, like, January. I'd even be fine with February. I know it's not seasonal at that point, but, no. I'm like, I'd, I'd take pumpkin <laughs> year-round if I could. But it's like, you listen to a song like like uh, uh, Sleigh Bells, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy when they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. It's like... 
this is a Christmas food. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's the it's Thanksgiving. It's Halloween. Like pumpkin is not just a Halloween food, and it makes me mad because Starbucks will get rid of the yeah. PSL after a few weeks after Halloween. And apparently Trader Joe's gets rid of all their pumpkin shit after Halloween. And it's like their pumpkin shit was gone before Halloween. The last time I went to Trader Joe's, we were going to be buy like one of everything pumpkin spice. There was nothing there. Really? Yeah. Like, do you think it was just sold out? It was already like all the Thanksgiving shit. But pumpkin is a Thanksgiving shit. I know. I, I know. But like all the. <laughs> It's just like from like mid-September through apparently the week before Halloween, Trader Joe's is like pumpkin spice mecca. I know. And then it's like a week before Halloween, before Halloween, (laughs) it's like Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving now. And it's like, it's fucking not. Now we have turkey ravioli. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's filled with like turkey and brown gravy. It's like, it's not even. I kind of wouldn't be mad at that. (laughs) It's like a little turkey dumpling. Yeah, it probably tastes very good. Did we just invent the next Thanksgiving food? Turkey dumplings? Turkey ravioli? It's not dumplings. It's ravioli. It's like a a dumpling, but it is turkey ravioli. It's (laughs) pasta. Turkey gnocchi instead of potato. That sounds weird. That's just turkey nuggets. I mean, I'm kind of fine with that. I eat chicken nuggets. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah, but it's not gnocchi. It's just... <laughs> you don't boil it. <laughs> I'm kind of fine with that. Are you a big Thanksgiving person? I like Thanksgiving. Um, I like to eat. I like to cook. So I'm surprised that you like Thanksgiving more than Christmas. I don't know that I like it more than Christmas. I just... You have a, a, certainly a, a warmer reaction to it. <laughs> I think I like it about the same as Christmas. It's it's not it's a fun day. Like I think I'm it, not big into like the football game or or anything like that. So like I don't go crazy for Thanksgiving Day football or anything. You like the Super Bowl though. I do like the Super Bowl, but again, it's mostly because it's a big party. Like mm-hmm. it's a fun day. Like I do care when the Giants are playing, but every other time it's like I couldn't give two shits what's mm. happening on the TV. You know, the only time I've ever enjoyed the Super Bowl was with you and Sarah. Really. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> not only enjoyed the party, but, like, kind of enjoyed the game. Oh. Like, I kind of got into it for a minute. <laughs> I haven't since. But, <laughs> I, and I think it was just because it was, like, no one was, like, super invested in what was going on. But you, like, took the time to explain the game to me. And you're like, no, this is why they're doing this. And this is why they do this. And this is why this matters. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, when you're not just shrieking at me that I should know this because I'm a man. <laughs> This is actually sort of enjoyable. <laughs> Dad's like, wah, 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 wah. see, I think it's funny because like that's how Dad explained football to me, and I think it's because because I'm a girl, he explained it like calmly well, and like like you were dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like kidding. I was dumb. I'm kidding. No, I'm no, not like I was dumb. Just like very calmly and without any expectation that I should be like super interested in it. So mm-hmm. it was like. <laughs> And there was, like, there was no pressure yeah. for him to explain football to me. Oh, there was a lot of pressure yeah. for me to enjoy football. Does he still watch it? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Like, I know he's a bigger baseball fan than he is a football fan. Mm. Like, he'll watch baseball through the postseason. But I don't know if he starts watching football until baseball's over. And at that point, the football season is already, like, several weeks in. 
Mm. But that's how, how I long am with is football. the football season. It's 16 weeks. Literally, right now, as we speak, I'm just seeing the unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Because <laughs> we're They're talking like, about football. football? Why football? <laughs> You've really gone like, off the rails this time. This is my spooky gay family. What the hell is happening? No. <laughs> They're like, something's been lost in so translation. So here going, the lesbians like football. Everybody like. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like when Elvira lost. Uh, what was it? 60,000 followers. No, she lost like 14,000 followers and gained, and gained 60. 60. We're going to, we're yeah. just going to appease we're, the lesbians. They're like, the lesbians like, finally, they're talking about football, <laughs> something I give a shit about. No, it's fine. But um, yeah, no, the football season is 16 weeks and it starts before baseball ends. So I think dad is like me in that he doesn't really watch football until baseball's over. I mean, that's but, fair. I'll give it to him. I'm, like, I'm still not really a football or a baseball person that's fine. if i'm being honest i find baseball to be a little more entertaining because there's more movement football they're like oh throw the ball move three feet okay stop again let's reset and it's like but what are we doing can somebody run <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about fo- i i get into arguments all the time with people because people constantly say that baseball is really boring because it's there are parts of the game that take a long time mm-hmm. and like there's not a lot of action happening at any given moment because it's always one person versus one person, really. It's the pitcher versus the batter. Mm-hmm. So if you don't find that dynamic interesting, you're not going to like baseball. <laughs> 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 because then it is really eight guys standing around on grass for four hours. But like... <laughs> That's like I, when, I was, when I was a kid, dad obviously signed me up for PAL. And they just did not know what to do with me. Like, literally had no <laughs> fucking clue. They were like, nah, go stand over there. And so I'd be like, they put me in left field because yeah. famously, <laughs> nobody gets to left field. <laughs> so they'd just be like, yeah, go stand in left field. And I used to call it left out because I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like okay, I'm, I'm playing left out today. <laughs> Yeah, but people tell me baseball is boring, and then I sit there and go, there's like, there's a play clock in football, so they mm-hmm. know they have a minute between plays, and they can call timeouts and all kinds of shit. It's sometimes five fucking minutes between when they do something <laughs> and the next time they do something. Yeah. And then there's a five-minute commercial break, and then they wait another five minutes to start. Yeah. It's like, I find football to be a lot more boring than baseball. <laughs> I think it's so boring. I don't watch <laughs> any sports, if I'm being honest. That's fine. But uh, I... I just, I, as a, if I was playing, maybe I'd be more interested. Maybe. But even Football is fun to play. Like, the the couple of times that I have played football, which was mostly in, like, high school gym. Like, Like flag football? Yeah, football is fun to play. I mean, okay. But, again, like, I was playing in high school gym with a bunch of jocks, so I didn't actually get to do anything. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a lot more (laughs) stressful when you actually touch the ball at some point. (laughs) But... When you actually have to do things. It's yeah, a- when you actually have to play the game, it's probably a lot more stressful. Um, <laughs> I was just standing there watching them run down the field, which was kind of fun. Like, I mean, that's nice. That's like that's like uh, it's like going to the Kentucky Derby, except the horses are people. <laughs> <laughs> there are vegans like well. <laughs> that is the thing I don't understand because people refer to horse racing as a sport, and I'm like, it's not a sport. The jockey's not even the one who's running. He's not doing anything. Like- He's kicking. <laughs> He's just kicking a horse. It's like, kicking a horse yeah, was a sport. Yeah, he has to like post and shit and he has to like stay on the horse. But like at the same, I'm not saying there's no skill involved, but it's not a sport. 
Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being salty, but like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have no problem being a little bit dismissive of horse racing. (laughs) They're like, it's a sport. I'm like, no, you just call it that so you can bet on it. It's like, you just like to gamble. It's like, like, it's a sport the way craps is a sport. Like, like, what the fuck? And you have more control over craps than you do over the horse race. I know. It's like. This slot machine is a sport. No, I think you're just fat and tired. Like, stop it. You are, this is not a sport. You're not an athlete because you go to Atlantic City every Tuesday. But uh, anyway. But anyway, welcome back to another episode, kids. I, I don't know. How, how did we get onto the topic of football? You asked me um, whether or not I liked Thanksgiving. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, it's funny. I was reading an article today before we get into the main topic of the episode. (laughs) Because I'd never like to do that. Um, I was reading an article today about... uh, I can't remember which tribe of Native Americans that are from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, And how awful they think Thanksgiving is, obviously for good reason. Yeah. And... um, it, it really made me wonder, like, how do we change this holiday to kind of keep it what it is today, but get rid of the uh, the history of it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's really possible to remove that connotation. Like, you could change the day it is. You could call it something else like you you could do a hundred things but it's it's not going to erase the historical record (laughs) of Mm. thanksgiving um do you think it would change if if they changed what kids were being taught about the history in school i think it would help if they did that i i think that at the end of the day like nothing we can do can erase what happened to these people (laughs) Well, yeah. Or even really mitigate it. So, so I don't know. I If I had an answer for how you make recompense for genocide, like, I'm sure I would win a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't think that there's anything we can do to Thanksgiving that would remove that, that trigger. Hmm. It, it sucks because I love what thanksgiving is as a contemporary holiday yeah and i think it's it's sad to me because obviously i like to eat and i also think it's important especially in our culture to have a day uh, a holiday that is about being grateful instead of being (laughs) greedy (laughs) yeah and i think that should be a bigger deal in our, our culture and i and it's like well how do we make this holiday that instead of what it has traditionally been, which is this kind of fictitious coming together of communities yeah, uh, that didn't actually happen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess you could try to separate it from the pilgrims, but I I think you'd have a hard time. Honestly, the only thing I, the only thing I could see happening is if, there was some kind of retribution paid on the specific day of Halloween mm-hmm. or Halloween Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, that was like, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
Reparations. Reparations. If there was some kind of reparations paid to indigenous communities, then I think we could call it Thanksgiving because it's like, or or at least celebrate what we what we call Thanksgiving because it's like, well, if we as a contemporary people can learn from our history and change it somehow, yeah, maybe that would help to start to repair something. <clears throat> maybe you know, like maybe if if we expanded it. Uh, protected indigenous lands if we expanded indigenous um uh, like like sovereignty and 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 law in in places throughout the US i just imagine like there must be something we could do to better life for native americans in in the <laughs> united states so if we were to do that i think then we could celebrate thanksgiving the way it's intended which is to be a a holiday of gratefulness and of uh it's supposed to be like an introspective holiday you know what i mean yeah it is supposed to be kind of a thoughtful day and it never is no it's just because then you have people who are like "Ugh, i have to go spend the day with my family and it's like but think about what you're saying (laughs) it's like it's like you're going to spend a day you're grateful with the people you're complaining about. And it's like, you should you should be making an effort to change either the people you're spending this time with or yeah. the way you're approaching the situation. Because they're... And I'm not saying just the people our age who say that about their older relatives, but our older relatives should be doing the same, where it's like everyone should be making an effort to come closer together on that day, and they don't. No. Because that's how I think of Christmas, too. It's kind of this, like, altruistic... And I think that's why I'm such a Christmas file. It's, like, this altruistic idea of, like, on this one day, everybody is capable of being a little bit better to each other. (laughs) And who knows if that's actually true. But... (laughs) That is what appeals to me about these holidays. And that is what I would like to see Thanksgiving become. I would like to see Thanksgiving become something where we kind of make some kind of amends for what's happened in the country. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of amends to be made, but let's let's start with with this holiday. There's a line. (laughs) I know. And I'm not sure. Well, I mean... At least with Thanksgiving, it's like, okay, yeah. well, this one's for the Native Americans because this is the one we've been this is the one we've been doing the damage to with this holiday. So let's let's do Native Americans on Thanksgiving. We'll come back to, to everybody else on another day. <laughs> oh goodness. But I anyway. Know. But anyway. That's and because the article was talking about like English people generally as the people who did it. And I was like, right. well, yes, it was, but it was the Puritans who essentially got kicked out of England. So yeah. <laughs> let's let's be reasonable. It's Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be fair. It's not English people. It's Christians. Um, oh, no. I, oh, I, oh, I'm kidding. We're I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's fanatics. Fanatics. Let's go with that. <laughs> Religious fanatics. Yeah. But anyway, welcome back to another episode, kids. We are very excited to be back. Uh, We have a very, very uh, special episode. It's not special. It's just another episode. But it's always (laughs) special to be here. (laughs) We do have a special episode because we are kind of returning to a genre of supreme interest for us. This is kind of pivotal 90s slashers. This is kind of our wheelhouse today. (laughs) 
We are coming at you with another Kevin Williamson slasher. Ooh, but it's not Scream. Isn't that so disappointing? <laughs> it's like, every you're like, Kevin Williamson slasher. They're like, and then you're like, oh. <laughs> it's not Scream. Um, no, it's the other one. The other one. Yeah. <laughs> he did a bunch, didn't he? I think it was, this, I don't know if he did, I can't remember if he did Urban Legend or not. I don't think I don't he, think he was did. Urban Legend, but I, I want to say he was involved in like, the remake of My Bloody Valentine or like one of those Was that ones. 90s or was that early 2000s? It might have been early 2000s, but I kind of consider it. Because I feel like it's more recent. Uh, at, the, at this point, it's like they're both ancient history. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we might as well call a spade a spade. That's fair. I mean, we're both over 30. I, I, I was having this thought the other day, and I know I've said this a million times, but I was like, oh my God, we, the 90s are officially to children of today yeah what the 70s were to us as kids yep and that's horrific <laughs> i mean it was gonna happen like there's, there's nothing no but to be i done didn't think it. it would happen so soon <laughs> i thought i would be older i thought i would be like crippled or <laughs> or like riddled with rheumatoid arthritis or something I, I just assumed that at some point i'd find a gray hair and i'd be like oh I lived through the R seventies, and then it's like, no, I don't have any gray hair. I don't have, I don't have arthritis. I have bad knees, but I wear heels, so it's like <laughs> that was expected. And I, suddenly, I'm old. How dare you? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But we are venturing back to the nineties, 1997, mm-hmm. to be specific. We are going in on uh, a movie that. I wouldn't describe as a favorite, but certainly like a fond memory. Yeah, it's kind of a. It's kind of formative for me because it was one of the first slasher movies I saw. So in general or in theaters? In general, because no one was taking me to the theaters to see it in 1997. Mm. Although but, at that point you were 10. Uh, I would have been 12. 12. Yeah. Wow. That was nine. (laughs) (laughs) Point being, no one was taking the 12-year-old to see the movie that we're doing. I don't want to ruin it. Well, we could ruin it. We are, of course, diving into 1997's uh, cultural hit uh, slasher film, I Know What You Did Last Summer, written by Kevin Williamson. And this part was... shocking as shit to me Mm -hmm. based on the novel by lois duncan yeah no it's kind of a weird it's almost like a trivia thing (laughs) like what there's a novel i know what you did last summer yes it's from like 1973 have you read it is it's 1973 how did you know that (laughs) who are you i don't know i guess (laughs) your ghost face i've never read it (laughs) mrs Voorhees was the writer of i know what you did last summer (laughs) no i've i've never read it um my understanding is because I was I was talking about the movie with somebody and I remember them saying that nobody died in the book. That it wasn't like and that Lois Duncan hated the movie because they killed people. It's a slasher. Yeah, I don't think she wanted it to be a slasher movie. <laughs> she wanted it to be a gothic romance. I guess. I don't I don't know what she was expecting, but like she didn't get it, is is the point. Like this My is, question is what the fuck was the book about? Apparently it was the it was the same basic premise, 
a bunch but of nobody teens died. hit a guy with their car and hide it. Yeah. And that's it. But I guess they get stalked, but they don't die. But who gives a shit if they get stalked? If he doesn't well, kill anybody. Well, apparently Lois Duncan thought it was really scary, so. It was a horror novel? I mean, it was a thriller, I guess. It wasn't a happy book. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was it a children's book. It wasn't a comedy. <laughs> it was a coloring book. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that sounds stupid. I wouldn't read that book. I guess for 1973, it was like really out there. I, I don't know. I'm guessing that it was a lot scarier then because standards must not have been very high in 1973. <laughs> I don't know. I guess what it comes down to is I don't know what Lois Duncan is complaining about because I'm sure the book sold millions of copies after this movie came out. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, and everyone was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no one read it and enjoyed it. Sorry, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't kill people in your books what are you doing <laughs> some people write happy books some people don't kill off everybody not george rr R. martin no <laughs> <laughs> but georgie is a special case hey, georgie speaking of georgie that's another good horror writer from the 70s stephen king um but we are we are jumping into i know what you did last summer it is uh Written by Kevin Williamson, based on the novel by Lois Duncan, which came out in 1973. Who the fuck knows? It was directed <laughs> by Jim Gillespie, okay, who I had never heard of before. I no. don't really have a lot of, um, I, I don't have a lot of background on him. I didn't look him. I, I, I wrote down his name, but apparently did no research as to like what else <laughs> he's done. So I have no idea. He's probably like an Oscar winning like direct, he probably directed like the piano or some shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jim Gillespie is the director and it stars Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie James, Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson, Sarah Michelle Geller as Helen Shivers. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. And Ryan Felipe as Barry Cox. We also have, uh, some minor character, not minor, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Secondary. Uh, secondary supporting cast members, yeah. uh, characters played by Anne Heche. Johnny Galecki, Muse Watson, and Bridget Wilson Sampras, who uh, plays Elsa Shivers, uh, yeah. which is um, Helen's sister. That's Sarah Michelle Geller, And you would probably recognize her from, if you're like me and grew up in the 90s, Mortal Kombat. She was Sonya Blade. Yes. <laughs> and still is in my book. She's the only Sonya Blade. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of the general gist of... of the background of this movie. It, of course, is about a group of teenagers who go drinking after graduation. Um, I think it's just the 4th just of before, July. 4th of July. Who knows? Some, who, some shit. Who gives a shit? They it go was... drinking. And then, as teenagers do, driving. And they are yeah. uh, driving to the beach when they uh, accidentally hit a man with their car. They dispose of the body in the ocean. And then mysteriously, sometime later, I think it's like a year later. I think later, it's a year, yeah. Uh, start receiving notes that say, I know what you did last summer. Among and they, other things. Among other things. Yeah. <laughs> and they are stalked and hunted down by a mysterious killer in a slicker. <laughs> yep. So uh, let's get into it. What are okay. your general thoughts of this movie? Um, Like I said, this is a little bit of a formative movie for me because it was one of the first slasher movies that I saw. 
Um, That's fair. That being said, as someone who has seen a ton of slasher movies since, <laughs> um, this one is kind of forgettable in my book. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's not, it's not bad. Like, it's not laughably bad. It's just, it's not great either. No, it's definitely enjoyable. Like, I like this movie. And if it's on, I will watch it. I just don't consider it one of those movies where it's like, oh, I want to watch a scary movie tonight. You know what we should turn on. I know what know we did, did last, last summer. summer. Yeah. This one doesn't immediately come to mind. Although, I mean, there are a lot of elements that I like about it. Mm-hmm. I like... Um, I, I like Sarah Michelle Gellar basically in everything, even yeah. though I am not a huge Buffy fan, admittedly. Uh, I do like her as an actress and I find her to be very entertaining. And uh, I like her character in this. I do too. Helen's actually my favorite character. Helen in this is movie. my favorite character. Actually, we got a question from uh, one of our listeners. I can't remember who sent it in. And they basically said, do you like that Julie is the final girl in this movie do do you are you like me and think that uh um and think that this this uh what the the fuck am i saying are you like me and think that helen should be the final girl instead of julie i always thought like first of all i think helen is more engaging i think sarah michelle geller is a better actress than jennifer love hewitt and I think that the chase scene with Helen feel, felt more like a final girl sequence than the whole thing on the boat with with Julie. So mm. I absolutely agree that I think Helen should have been the final girl. Yeah. But, you know, we made we went out of our way to make sure that we knew that she was a bad person. So Helen? Yeah, because she's she is the one who's like, God damn it, I'll do it when they're trying to decide to roll the guy into the water Mm. and she doesn't immediately be like no we can't do that Mm. like julie because julie is the only good person because she feels conflicted about it (laughs) which is a load of horseshit yeah but (laughs) julie's as good as everyone kind of no i I don't think julie's frankly kind of an asshole so it's like (laughs) i don't know why i was supposed to be rooting for jennifer love hewitt in this movie over anyone else so like there's that yeah, I don't know. I would say, if we're talking about, like, who's the worst character in this movie, I think Barry takes Yeah, Barry the is, Barry is Barry the is just person. a raging piece of shit. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's like, the best part is that he, like, when they dump him in the ocean, when they dump the body in the yeah. ocean, he jumps in and, and rescues the crown. And then realizes the guy is alive. Yeah. And, and takes says the crown. No- and says nothing. I was like, <laughs> you didn't, like, you dumped the body because you thought he was dead. Yeah. But he's alive and you left him and took the plastic crown. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> and then he was like, oh, that was scary. Better get out of the water. It's like, save him. Then none of this would have happened. <laughs> Fucking dopes. I mean, I guess he was drunk, so we'll give him we'll give him that. Like he was like really, really drunk. I mean, but at the same time, also I call total bullshit on him even being able to like find anything in the ocean at night. Yeah, that like was, that was kind like of the laughable. lighting in that dock was amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like some 
somebody like they had to have had like floodlights every three feet for him to be able to see anything in the water at that time of night. But that's beside the point. Barry is a raging asshole and he is a clearly a bad person. So he has to die. Yeah, Barry deserved everything he got. If for nothing else than the sound he was making when he was hanging out yes. of the sunroof. It was just like this like shrieking. I was like It sounded like a beagle. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like <laughs> And you're like, Barry needs to fucking chill. I was like, one of my notes was None of this ever would have happened if Barry had just been into like soft jazz. <laughs> yeah. Like like fucking chill, dude. <laughs> Is it bad that like I was watching it and I'm like, I can't believe I'm even thinking this, but like I wish this was like hereditary. Because <laughs> he's hanging out of the car and I'm sitting there going like Gong. please. <laughs> Somebody silence the beagle. It's called, this movie is not, I know what you did last summer. It's called uh, uh, The Silence of the Beagle. <laughs> the problem is Do he you... was very not silent. <laughs> Do you still hear the beagle, Julie? Do you still hear the beagle screaming? <laughs> Which is funny because they actually make a Silence of the Lambs reference in the movie. Do they? Yeah, when they're walking up to Missy's house, Sarah Michelle Geller says something like, Jodie Foster tried this and ended up in the basement with a serial killer. Oh, does she? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I, I remembered it because she mentioned Jodie Foster. I don't. Yeah. I, don't you, know. I, I feel like there's like a lesbian index. It's like, <laughs> this is where Jodie Foster has been. So we know. And this is the intersection of Jodie Foster and Sarah Michelle Geller. So it's like. Is she like your, your teen crush? Yes, absolutely. I was in love with Buffy Summers. Buffy, not specifically Buffy Summers, not yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean, it's hard to differentiate it when you're like 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was 12 at the time because Buffy came out in 1997. A couple months after this movie, actually, she she wasn't Buffy yet in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm. But um, was she not? No, because Buffy came out in like October of 1997. And I think this came out or before that. Huh. So she wasn't Buffy yet. That's but, interesting. I didn't actually know that. But um, yeah, no, I was in love with Buffy Summers and Sarah Michelle Gellar was like my my middle school crush. Absolutely. Hmm. I mean, if we're talking about crushes from this movie, I did, I did not have a crush on Barry, but I mean, <laughs> every every teenage homosexual was in love with Ryan Felipe. That's fair. It was either him or Freddie Prince Jr. As a matter of fact, David's sister wrote in a question. Nicole was like, uh, I have a very important question for everyone. Ryan Felipe or Freddie Prince Jr. and why? <laughs> and it and it's like, yeah, Freddie Prince is like, he's more like boy next door, adorable. But Ryan Felipe is like hot and crazy. And it's like, <laughs> If we're talking celebrity I'm hearing, crushes, I'm hearing a lot of echoes of your Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, <laughs> kind it's of, like kind that. Of it's theory. like Matthew Lillard is like cute and weird, but Skeet Ulrich has that like <laughs> I might kill you vibe, and it's like there's something about that for for a young person. I think I think Ryan Felipe was definitely my crush in this movie. Okay, he was definitely more of a draw than Freddie Prince. Okay, but what's funny is these two pairs are actually now couples that have just swapped right yeah well i I don't know if jennifer love hewitt dated ryan felipe but um sarah michelle geller and freddie prince jr are married they are yeah and have been for quite some time they're one of those like 
rare unicorn Hollywood couples that like married someone they actually liked and have stuck together. <laughs> and have stayed together. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I guess by syllogism you <laughs> you would marry Freddie Prince Jr. I guess. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick which actor I liked better, I'd actually probably go with Ryan Felipe. Not based on looks, just based on the fact that Freddie Prince Jr. kind of looks like he has to poop the entire movie. <laughs> like, his, his expressions are just like... <laughs> I, I don't even know what he was doing. Like, he's just... He's always out of breath. He's always kind of like... He's always kind of squinting. And a little sweaty. And, and a little sweaty. It's like that post-Thanksgiving like, poop. Yeah. Where it's like that one that just takes like five minutes longer because you you spend five minutes worrying about what's going to happen. That's Ryan Felipe for this whole movie. He's just constipated. It's the post-Thanksgiving poop. <laughs> No, so I, I guess I would pick Ryan Felipe just because I feel like he did a better job being a raging asshole mm, than that's fair. Freddie I mean, Prinze Jr. did. That's fair. And honestly, I actually think Ryan Felipe is a relatively talented actor. Yeah. I think he made Barry very unlikable. But um, that's kind of the point. But that's the, the point. Yeah. Barry's supposed to be unlikable. You're supposed to want him to die, but also kind of not want him to die because yeah. he's hot. So it's like... <laughs> That's just kind of, that's just life in a 90s slasher. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, oh, by the way, I wanted to mention, <clears throat> I did have a chance to look at this. Um, mm. Our That question, that really great question, if I'm being honest, about uh, do we think Helen should have been the final girl instead of Julie, came from Michael Blanco. Okay. Uh, and I do agree, I think Helen should have been the final girl because I, a i i agree with you i think sarah michelle geller is a little more likable than jennifer love hewitt although i don't want to hate on jennifer love hewitt because i do i do really like a lot of her movies mm-hmm. and i think for some reason she has kind of been typecast as this like bitchy brunette yeah which was kind of just a thing in the 90s it yeah. was like if you're not blonde you're probably a bitch yeah uh, so Unless you're Elsa, in which case you're both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's necessarily her fault. Because I love, like, Heartbreakers. Yeah. One of the best fucking movies made in the 90s. Easily. That's fair. I, I think she might have better comedic timing than she does. I think she makes a better comedic actress than she does a Scream Queen. I agree. I don't think she's a good Scream Queen. But I do think she's a good actress. Yeah, and I, I'll agree I with don't that. think that one. I don't think one requires the other. So to no, speak. I don't think they do either. She also like. It's like you said. It's kind of the nature of the character. She didn't have like a whole ton to work with on this one that was going to make yeah. her likable. It's very Kevin Williamson like Sydney Scream One territory. Yeah, but Sydney Scream 1, I would argue, is more likable than Julie. She is. Julie is very whiny. She is just like a big whiny baby. <laughs> Julie is She's also baby. like very superior. She's very much like, I feel bad about this, so I'm better than all of you. <laughs> and yeah. It's, and it's like, it's like, 
bitch, you still you still let them dump them in the ocean. Like just because you felt kind of bad about it doesn't make you any less complicit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she still fucking did it. And that was one of my notes. I was like, if Julie was actually a good person, she would have gone to the police. Like at the, least the at next least day. the next day. Yeah. yeah. And it's like to be damned. Yeah. A year later, she's like, I'm so tortured by this. I'm like, you know who else is tortured? The guy you dumped in the ocean and didn't tell anyone, Julie. I love the fact that they had to make him a murderer already. So you don't feel bad for him. I know. <laughs> They're like, no, he had just committed a murder. So like, it's kind of okay that they ran him over and then dumped him <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> because he was an asshole. And that's why it's so bad that he, that now they're, they're dying. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> they like, hit him with their car. <laughs> they like, didn't know. They ran over a guy and dumped him in the fucking <laughs> ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I I did not have like a strong memory of the beginning of this movie. Uh-huh. Like I did not have much recollection of what happens before they hit him. There isn't a whole lot that does happen. There's not. I mean, you have, but you have like him sitting on the rocks when it's clearly <laughs> like he just killed someone and whatever. Bah, 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 bah. I thought that was the guy he killed. Oh, maybe it's that. But I think whatever. it's the guy he killed is yeah. sitting on the rocks. Whoever's sitting on the rocks yeah. and, and he killed them and whatever. But, but then you have like the pageant too. Yeah. Which is where they're coming from because they just got drunk because yeah. uh, Helen won the... the every Miss time I say whatever. Helen, yeah. I want to say ready. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> that You know what would be a great drag name? What? Helen Ready Player number, Player One. <laughs> Helen Ready Player One. This is my gift to you. If you're listening and you don't have a drag name, you are Helen Ready Player One. I also like Helen Ready Whip. Helen Ready Whip is good. Uh, yeah, that's good. I'll give it to you. Thank you. But I did have a note about the pageant. I was like, uh, she's doing some exercise mm-hmm. when she's getting ready for the pageant. And she's like pumping up her boobs. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, what is this exercise? <laughs> I was like, she's, she's, I was like she's, does she exercise with syringes? She's, she's like, it's just like, oh, I did, I did squats today. No. She's just, she's just getting them ready. She's getting them loose. <laughs> she's getting them loose. She just whips them around a little bit. She's like, oh, I got to stretch my titties. <laughs> they had to have an excuse for Sarah Michelle Gellar to like. Show her boobs. Yeah. Well, show them off. She show them off. Show yeah. Them. No, there's I don't think there's she's a surprising. Ever been in a movie. I don't think she has either, and I'm sure I would remember it if she had. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I thought it was kind of funny actually. In this one, we see a lot more of Ryan Felipe than we do either of the girls. You like, mean nude? Yeah, like in terms mm. of like he's shirtless at one point. He's walking around in a towel. He actually is Kevin Williamson gay. I have no idea. He is. He is. Huh. Okay. That's why. <laughs> but yeah, no, he actually has a shower sequence. And I'm yeah. like, and I'm like okay. Because I'm saying, like, in most of Kevin Williamson's movies, you don't see nude women. No. But there is often some kind of either homoeroticism or male, I don't want to say nudity, but there's skin. Objectification. Objectification. I'll, we'll go with that. I wasn't mad at it. No, I don't Thir- think you should 13 be. 13-year-old me was like, well, I guess at the time it was what eight uh or nine <laughs> but like once i once i hit puberty i was like oh okay this is my favorite horror movie <laughs> for a short time yeah uh yeah i 
that it's funny. I never, I never thought about that. Although I guess you do have the the pageant scene where all the girls are in their bathing suits. Yeah. But again, a lot less skin than you would see in your typical slasher movie. Yeah, and a lot of one pieces. Yeah. How do we feel about pageants and why do we find them degrading? <laughs> <laughs> I I think they're stupid. I don't think that they're inherently sexist. I, I think that, you know, if the women who are in them want to be there, then that's fine. Like, yeah, easily. I don't like them and I think they're stupid, but... You know, far be it from me to look at someone and say, well, if that's what you want to do, fuck you. Yeah, so. I'm, I would <clears throat> never tell someone. I would never tell someone that they couldn't like it if it's something that they did. But I have a hard time believing that it's like a scholarship program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what they're often sold as. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't seem to be based on much. No, and certainly not scholarship. No, like we're clearly we're not looking at the size of their brains. You know? No, like so it's. Do you think that was used as a device to make Helen less likable? I I think that it's part of it because we're supposed to think she's vain. She's supposed to, yeah. I think she's supposed to be vain yeah. and stupid. Yeah, but and it's kind hard of hard to make Sarah Michelle Gellar come off as stupid. It is really hard because she's very clever. Yeah. And even, like, some of the lines that she's given are a little sharper than what Jennifer Jennifer Love Hewitt gets. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt is arguably ditzier. Yeah, than, or at least comes across that way. Yeah. Julie is, again, a very whiny baby. <laughs> and so she, it's like, anytime you have, anytime you have Julie versus Helen, it's like, Julie is never going to win because Julie is like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> and Helen's like, I'm going to throw you in the ocean. <laughs> and Julie's like, crabs. And Helen's like, been there, done that. <laughs> it's also like, he put a dead body in my car. And she's like, bitch, he was in my bedroom. He cut off my <laughs> hair. He cut my hair. <laughs> like- and wrote soon on the mirror and lipstick. Yeah, she's like, this is a fucking wig, Julie. Get it together. You got crabs. You got a pleasant dinner. He left you lemon and tartar sauce. I got a page boy haircut. How do we feel about the crabs, by the way? This I mean, whole scene. This is a this is a scene that has been parodied many times. Yeah. Uh, but it is one of my favorites because, first of all, she opens the the trunk and yeah. finds dead Johnny Galecki. Yeah. And he's covered in crabs. Yes. And then she, like, turns around. She's like, do you guys see this? And then she turns back around and it's like, nothing's Pristine. There. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? First of all, she runs to her house after, like, <laughs> she runs to Helen's house after this happens. Like... She's presumably at least a block away because she was driving there. Yeah. And she she just stops, doesn't get back in the car and drive it. She just runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get back, it looks like it looks like it just went through like a fucking car wash. Like I it's know. perfect in there. I do love it because she does kind of she's kind of like a Phoebe <laughs> when she just runs away. She's just like <laughs> flailing arms and like <laughs> wacky waving flames. <laughs> Inflatable tube man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wacky waving inflatable flailing tube man. 
Um, yeah, she is definitely a wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing tube man. <laughs> when she runs away, she's like, ooh, come buy this used car. It has crabs, crustaceans. Um, yeah, that scene is definitely troubling. Yeah. And Barry's reaction to the whole thing is like, I, I don't understand... I don't understand why there always has to be that one character mm-hmm. that it, it's it's just like they they never believe anyone and they're like this isn't happening blah 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 and it's like guys we have done this six thousand times yeah and he, and and then he gets in like all these fights about it and he he's always expressing his his feelings through like anger and it's like <laughs> well, this kid needs to stop taking roids why he's like 17 why is he so angry i don't know but like especially the scene where he's like menacing johnny galecki like you're, you're sitting there like dude calm the fuck down for real like, and poor johnny galecki gets the worst death in the like, whole fucking for movie real, and like, they make him so unlikable they really do and it's like his character exists solely to be murdered yeah like there was no reason to make him an asshole. <laughs> like, and it's like, he's being bullied by these people. Why is he such a, like, dick? Yeah, I guess he's supposed to have, like, a chip on his shoulder and we're supposed to be like, well, I guess it makes sense because they're rich and he's not. But, like, at the same time, it just kind of comes off like I'm a dick. Also, like, the whole asking Jennifer Love Hewitt out in the m- beginning of the movie when it's like, you know she has a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is kind of a dick move. <laughs> The whole thing is just a little bit, like, untoward. (laughs) Yeah, they just, they they make him really unlikable and then kill him in a horrible way, which is actually kind of weird because I like Johnny Galecki as an actor. I do too. And I think it's kind of hard to make him unlikable. So I was like... I agree. And I mean, I wasn't like a big fan of Big Bang Theory, but I, I like his performance in it. Yeah, I thought, I think he's a good actor in it. I don't like the show much either. Yeah. But... And, or even like Christmas Vacation, like Johnny yeah. Galecki, even as a kid, was like kind of likable. It's like, yeah. I think he's a good actor. I think in this movie, it was interesting because uh, he definitely has one of the better death scenes. Yeah, he has at least like the bloodiest one. Yeah, certainly the <laughs> like, most gruesome. And if I'm being honest, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not <clears throat> sure why either. It's like... First of all, you can't really figure out why he dies at all. Like, there's yeah, really, there's no motive. Like, he shut up and was like, hey, you guys been drinking? Drive safe. And then Ben's like, better fuck that guy up. He just like, Better just straight up murder that motherfucker. But, kills like, him with a hook. Well, he kills everybody with a hook. But you know what I mean? Like, but, like, like through the jaw. Yeah, like, no, he really head. like. I was like, this kid did not deserve no, this. No, like, at all. Even a little bit. Even a little bit. Like. Which is one of the reasons why Elsa is such a bitch, too, because she dies and we have to not like her. Mm-hmm. Because, again, she's dying for absolutely no reason. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> and I, I guess for Elsa, it makes a... <clears throat> the only thing that makes sense about it is that she's there with Helen. Yeah. And so it's like, she can kind of protect Helen, so he has to kill her so he doesn't get caught, or so that she can't protect Helen. Whatever the reason is, at least there's like some kind of tangential reason for her death. Johnny Galecki is literally just at work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just like, fucking making crab. (laughs) 
and 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 he's like, well, better ruin this kid. It's like your your head is ruined. Whatever the, the Jenny Slate joke. Uh, he cuts your dick off, and your head is ruined. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not understand Johnny Galecki's death. No, I think it's I think he's just there to up the body count, and yeah. it's like he's also the first kill, which mm-hmm. is weird to me. Only because, again, it kind of makes no sense. So it's like, am I supposed to be scared of the fisherman because of this? Mm. Because, like, he seems to just be killing random people. So the plot of this movie doesn't make sense. It also (laughs) does away with, like, a pivotal red herring right at the beginning. Yeah, like, right at the beginning. Which I think is kind of interesting for Kevin Williamson, but also kind of silly from a slasher standpoint. Kind of silly. I mean, one of the problems is this movie has like six red herrings. So like, yeah. <laughs> so like getting rid of Max that early on doesn't really take away from the red herringness of this movie. Yeah, you've got Max, you've got, <clears throat> you've got Ray. Crazy Anne Hache. You've like... got Anne Hache. You've got you've got random old man in a slicker yeah, at a I know. parade. <laughs> It's like, who the fuck goes to a parade in a slicker in July? Several several people, apparently, because they see, like, five or six guys before they pick out this one. I was like, like, where is it? You know it's the Northeast because uh, it looks, I was like, this must be Connecticut, first of all. (laughs) I think it's actually supposed to be North Carolina. Even worse than it's hotter. (laughs) Who's wearing a hooded slicker in July? I don't know. I guess, I guess they were just feeling feeling it that day. They were that, like, "I want to, I want to put on my full fisherman uniform and go to this parade." <laughs> and they were like, "You know what? I'd really like to lose forty pounds in an hour. <laughs> Let me wear a slicker to the beach." <laughs> like, what are you, a vampire? You fucking old guy. But old guy was. I guess a, a temporary red herring. Yeah. He kind of looked like Max von Sydow too. So I, I, I had a moment where I'm like, oh my God, we're in the exorcist. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> but then you get to Anne Hayes and she's like fucking like doing taxidermy. And all I could think of was Mrs. Doubtfire is just a Norman Bates. I know. <laughs> but like, life she's like i'm really sad about my brother better make art out of chicken bones i'm like what i was like what is this the prequel to leatherface I don't- she kept she kept her jewelry mask and her high yeah. heels in the other room and she was getting ready to get the chainsaw when they left ran right up the stairs and out the window and she like bangs on the car door and like, oh, hey like- you forgot your paper yeah Anytime you want to talk. It's like, no, I don't want to talk to you crazy. ever fucking again. You know what I will say about Anne Heche? What's that? I kind of feel bad for her. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because I do think she's a talented actor. Mm -hmm. I, I do legitimately think she's a talented actor. But I think she got a bad rap because of Ellen. Yeah, that whole thing kind of fucked up her career a little bit. Yeah, it really did. And honestly, you know, because after Ellen, she obviously dated men again. Yeah. It's entirely possible that she was bisexual or pansexual before those were socially acknowledged. And so it's like she basically lost most of her career to a woman who we now know is kind kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. So... It's like, 
I kind of feel bad for Anne Heche because I did feel very critical of her in this movie when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped and I was like, but why? I was like, I have this kind of weird, not dislike, because I don't, I never disliked her, but this kind of like distaste for Anne Heche. Yeah, you kind of expect her to be bad. Yeah. And it's, and only it's not really of, true. It's not. I, I, I started watching it objectively and I was like, you know, she's really doing a good job. Like, She's a pretty good actress. Yeah. There's no reason not to like her. And so I'm going with Anne Heche was robbed by Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres is a sexual thief. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I just heard she was a bitch. I don't know, I don't know about like... Well, that too. <laughs> but uh, maybe she's a bitch and a sexual thief. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so... I- I did like the red herring of, I don't know Anne Heche's character's name. Uh, Missy. Missy. Oh, Missy. Um, yeah, I do like the red herring of Missy. Although, if I'm being honest, even the first time I watched it as like a 10-year-old, I don't know that I necessarily thought of her as a possible killer. Yeah, no, the stature thing is an issue. Like, it just, it's kind of like, you know, Mrs. Voorhees' man hands. Yeah, it's very so, bad. <laughs> This is Voorhees' man hands. She definitely, it's like, there's this like looming, very tall, bulky person. Yeah. Then you have Anne Hayes, who's like (laughs) like five foot one. And 90 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Like, (laughs) she wore a slicker to the beach. Let me tell you. She is a tiny, tiny human. And speaking, uh, let's talk about, because we've kind of touched on it now, but like, do we like the fisherman as a killer? I was always kind of bored by him. Like, not going to lie, I I don't think he's especially scary. Mm-hmm. I don't think the character design is especially scary. Um, Kevin Williamson really loves a weapon clean off, though, because I noticed at one point he like, yeah, it was he after does. he killed the cop, he like wipes the hook off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Kevin Williamson really doesn't want anybody to get like a bloodborne disease from, no. getting, from being murdered. He's like, well, I'm better like, stop the plague. It's like, it's like, I'm about to gut you, but like... <laughs> I don't want you to. I don't Catch want you anything. to get, get a disease from it. But herpes um, simplex A <laughs> is a very serious disease. But yeah, no, I don't know. I was never like, like not like Ghostface or Jason or Michael. Like I don't think he's on the same level. Yeah, Ghostface is very scary. Yeah, and as is Michael, as is Jason, as is Leatherface and and uh, Freddy. This one. As a kid, he definitely creeped me out. But I think as an adult, he's less scary. Because he's somewhere between... He's somewhere between, I would say, Michael and Mm -hmm. maybe Ghostface. Yeah, I mean, they even do the Halloween bit where he's, like, walking slowly after Sarah Michelle Gellar and she's pounding on the door for Elsa to open up. Yeah. Like, they tried. There's definitely calls to other movies. Even when... Uh, fucking Helen's oblivious motherfucking dad yeah. is, is there and he just like walks upstairs. Yeah, I know. The whole sequence is great. <laughs> it's <laughs> a great sequence and honestly very creepy yeah. and I give Kevin Williamson a lot of props for that because he does know how to write a creepy scene. Yeah. But and I, I guess uh, what's his name? I, I almost said Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Gillespie? Jim Gillespie. Yeah. I'll give him props too because it was well directed. It was mm-hmm. a very creepy scene but can we talk about Helen's dad? <laughs> like, what was he drinking? 
was like Eight broke thinner. the fall. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> like you didn't you didn't see a masked man with a hook walk into your house and upstairs? <laughs> Dad, Dad knew when we were coming in through the garage. <laughs> it, I, I don't understand how this man. It's like, how many beers does he have on a weeknight? Apparently, quite a few. It was. I just mean, insane. he didn't acknowledge his own daughter either when she walked in and was like, "Hey, Dad." She was like, "Night, Dad." He was like, "Well, better die on the couch." <laughs> <laughs> That's the death no one talks about. The, the the silent killer alcoholism in this movie. He's literally he's he smells. He's got flies, and she's like, "Night, Dad." <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the I don't know how I feel about the slicker fisherman. Yeah, I mean, he's he's okay. Like the hook also doesn't feel like a very versatile weapon to me. Cuz no. it's like you can only do so many things with it. And I'm I'm still not sure really how he slashed Elsa's throat with it. <laughs> like I'm not yeah, really clear on how be that a worked. Challenge. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's sharp, but only in one spot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he kept a knife in his slicker. Yeah, it's more designed to grip things than to rip things. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm not really sure how that worked. Also, um, Sonia does not scream well. No. Like, at all. It's uh... <laughs> just like, she, she, she looks at him, turns her head, and screams, but it's like the weakest scream I've ever heard. <laughs> It's like ah, and yeah, then and like <laughs> slightly low pitch. Yeah, <laughs> like it's almost like if Miss Swan was attacked by the fisherman. Oh no! I know I'm not going to do the impression no, don't. because I'm not. But, but I will say it's a bit Miss Swanish. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> ah, uh, yeah. I that whole thing. I will say one of my biggest criticisms is that, A, the beginning of this movie is very light on scares. Yeah. And B, a lot of the deaths are off screen. Most of them, actually. Yeah, almost all of them. There's virtually no blood in the movie. Apart from Johnny Galecki. Johnny Galecki gets (laughs) fucked up. Yeah, seriously. They just ruin him. And then for the rest of the movie, they're like, well, we can't show blood. And then the rest of the movie, they're like, ooh, he's behind that wall. Ooh, <laughs> like Barry gets no. stabbed like 12 times. We don't see a drop of blood. No. Not <laughs> like Sarah Michelle one. Geller gets stabbed multiple times in an alleyway. Behind we the barely see it. I know. But like, yeah, no, Johnny Galecki hook right through the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and the next blood you see isn't until Ben gets his fucking hand cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Do we like the end of this movie? I always thought it was stupid. I also, like, one of the reasons I don't like Julie as a final girl is she plays absolutely no role in saving herself. Yeah, (laughs) she's really not. It's basically entirely Ray. Yeah, Ray is kind of the final girl. Yeah, like, way more so (laughs) than Julie is. (laughs) Do you think that was intentional? Again, coming back to, like, Kevin Williamson's gay. Is this, like, a, a, a... whatchamacallit, uh, Nightmare 2 I mean, maybe? I don't know. Like, I... I think it was just... It wasn't in Julie's character to fight back, so she didn't. Mm. 
but like but it should have been she gets a corpse gauntlet she yeah. then calls out to him while they're fighting which is the dumbest possible thing you could do to someone while they're like hand-to-hand fighting <laughs> <laughs> hey look over and here nearly gets him killed i know but like, <laughs> yeah the end of this movie is a bit uh it's a bit much yeah it's a little damsel in distressy yeah I, and it, it, it's part of what makes julie kind of an unlikable an unlikable final girl yeah she doesn't really have a whole lot of agency no and frankly the second you meet the fisherman yeah ben yeah it's like oh yeah <laughs> So the, the minute he calls her child, it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. What are you, Moses? <laughs> He's like, let me give you a burning bush. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I do like the way he decks Freddie Prince Jr., though. He just with sticks the, his hand out and just bam. <laughs> and Freddie Prince goes flying off the boat like he's in Titanic. Um, yeah, the whole thing. And honestly, like, the second you meet Ben, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. Ray is not the killer. And we all know that. Yeah. I, I do think it's a little cheap mystery-wise that we find out about Ben about five minutes before we meet him. Yeah. Like, it's it's a little... It fucks up the whole thing. I have always personally thought it would actually be a better movie if it had been Ray. Really? Like, I always thought that that would have been a better... And if the fisherman was, Red like, Herring. the hero. And yeah, saved because... her from Ray. Because, like, yeah, Ray is supposed to be kind of a red herring throughout the movie, but, like, everyone knows as they're watching, that's an air quotes for the people who can't see me, which is everyone, <laughs> um, <laughs> that it can't be Freddie Prince Jr. because he's one of them. So it's, you never really believe the red herring with him, so I thought it would actually have been a cool twist if it was him at the end. Mm. And it would have been a nice change for Kevin Williamson because he had just come off of Scream where... Billy was the red herring or wasn't, was, or was wasn't, the kid. Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Billy was the red herring and the, and the killer. killer. So I guess he couldn't do it twice. I guess so. But like, I don't know it. Hmm. The ending always felt a little cheap to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And you know, now that I think about it, maybe, maybe the thing that makes, uh, Johnny Galecki's character's death make a little more sense mm-hmm. is the fact that Ben is supposed to be just a serial killer. Yeah. So I guess that does kind of track. I guess so. Like he's getting back in the mood. <laughs> Johnny Galecki was it's like just, a warm up. We only know of him his having killed one other person before. <laughs> and it was because well, that yeah. person killed his daughter. Kind mm, of. True. So like... I don't know if I would describe him as a serial killer. I mean, we know he's capable of murder. Capable of murder, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Johnny Galecki still feels a little gratuitous to me. It's a little like, what was that? It is like you were, you were You were having a bad day? Like, <laughs> like James who the Bond hell? comes on. He's like, you know, you had a bad day. <laughs> he's like, like, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> it's like, who the hell pissed in your Wheaties this morning? Like, I don't... <laughs> like, like, Johnny Galecki did something primal to offend him at some point. I know. Like, I know. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I would say out of like, out of five stars, I'd give this like two and a half, maybe three. Because it's like, it's an enjoyable watch. You can you can kind of get into it. There's some relatively good scares, like the scene in uh, 
in Helen's house. Yeah. And the chase scene with Helen. The is, chase. Is very yeah, any tense. scene with Helen. <laughs> yeah. Basically, anytime the fisherman is in close proximity to Helen, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, kind of makes me want to put in a baddie and be like, hi, Helen. Um, uh, that's from Ferngully, for those of you who are not uh, aged as we are. Uh, yeah, I would say Helen is definitely the the savior of this movie. I think she makes the movie probably as enjoyable as it is. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar kind of carries this one a little bit. Do you th- what, what do you rate this movie? You think? I would say a three is reasonable. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's like I said, it's not bad. Like it's not a bad movie. It's yeah. just not great either. So easy I think to watch. Three is fair. Yeah, it's easy to watch. It's fun. Not particularly well crafted, especially no. considering uh, the the writer. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that's that's another story. I mean, they can't all be scream. <clears throat> no, and and shouldn't if I'm no. being fair. But I I will say it's not his best work. It's probably not his worst. So I, I, it's easy. Yeah, easy summer slasher film. Yep. with you know some nice eye candy. <laughs> for everyone for everyone there's eye candy all around uh yeah i think that's i think that's maybe it for this one just one other thing jennifer mm. love hewitt is in i still know what you did last summer so the ending mm-hmm. of this movie makes absolutely zero sense when he jumps out yeah. of the shower at her I don't know how they explain that away in the sequel because I haven't watched the sequel in like 15 years. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched it in a very long time. But I like, don't know. It no, sort of appears that it, Julie dies at the end of this movie. Was it supposed to be like a, like a nightmare? Maybe? Maybe, but it didn't seem at the time like it was supposed to be a dream. So it's... No. It would be <laughs> pretty, pretty cheap to be after that. It was all a dream. <laughs> No, but that that is my final <laughs> my final thought on that is that the sequel makes no sense because of the end. Julie of should movie. be dead because Julie should be dead. Yeah, I agree. I'll give the I'll agree yeah. with that one hundred percent. Okay, I'm also going to say before we let it go. Yeah, this movie is absolutely littered with cliches, <laughs> like unremorsefully littered with cliches. Do you think, knowing that this is written by Kevin Williamson, that that's on purpose? I think it might be. I think... Do you think it was a commentary almost on Scream? I don't think so. Because I I think that what he did here was he took the formula and went, this is what people want. I'm going to give them exactly what they want. Mm. So you think this was appeasement? I... I don't know if appeasement's the word I would use, but like definitely playing to the audience, playing to the audience, definitely playing to the the type of the genre. Like hmm. I think very much going, I'm just going to make a straight up slasher movie and not. Yeah. Do you think do the meta commentary that I didn't scream? Yeah. And that's fair because I think scream was like a love letter to the genre. Yeah. Whereas this was just some, this was just part of it's the genre. It's just an example of the genre. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. Why don't you let us know what you think, listeners? We always love to hear from you. Uh, you can send in your comments and questions anywhere on our social media or to spookygayfam at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> 
because this one definitely has a lot to dissect. We will be back on Monday with a brand new mini-sode at patreon.com slash myspookygayfamily and a brand new episode a week from today, uh, next Thursday. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. He took the body. Why would he do that? I don't know, Barry. Okay, why would he try to run you over? Why did he make coleslaw on Helen's head? He's fucking with us. He's just out there and he's watching us and waiting. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from I Know What You Did Last Summer, distributed by Columbia Pictures, 1997. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Oh.